You've heard the term woke and wokeism many times before, but probably never really realized how much it has infiltrated the church, especially people who are of the evangelical mindset. And today here on The Bottom Line, I want to get into a look at what uh, Lucas Miles, author and a dear friend of mine, uh, refers to as woke Jesus and the false Messiah that's destroying Christianity. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Lucas Miles, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Roger, thanks for having me back on. So good to see you. Well, it's literally good to see you too, because I mean, oftentimes we get together and we'll record on location, but we do this for audio. But since we both have our cameras on, now we're doing this for myhopenow.com as well. Uh, Lucas Miles, a trusted voice in the American church, has consistently addressed some of the more challenging topics in theology and politics and culture. Uh, the Lucas Miles Show on Faith Wire and co-host the Church Boys podcast for many years, author of this brand new book called Woke Jesus. Uh, you had written a book prior to this one on a similar type of topic about uh, leftism and things of that nature. Yeah. How did Woke Jesus come about out of that? Yeah. yeah, so the previous book was called The Christian Left, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. And it was really a picture of sort of what has happened. You know, this is, uh, it, it was a little bit more of a current look. Um, and, and you know, I probably part of my writing style, I think people have come to expect this from me, is, is sort of overlaying events throughout church history, uh, a lot of times in the first several hundred years of Christianity with current events that we're experiencing now, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of correlations in the first several hundred years of Christianity to the to the state of the church today, uh, especially with the battle against heresies and, and you know, fights for truth and these things. Um, and so that this this new book, Woke Jesus, really was birthed out of the, as I did a book tour with the previous book, traveled all around the United States, did, you know, 250 media appearances, talking mm. about the book. And and the thing that kept coming up was people said, but how did it get this bad? Like, this is yeah. where we're at. But they they couldn't understand, like, how this kind of came in, like how wokeism came in like a Trojan horse and really invaded the church. And so um, I in, in Woke Jesus, I really set out to write, you know, what I would call, um, you know, if I can humbly, a definitive guide to understanding wokeism, its ramifications on the church the historical background starting the 1700s kind of working you know your way forward uh and then the modern implications and ultimately what can we do about it and so i really think that there's a roadmap in this book to uh to find some solutions to help talk people that are maybe on the on the edge of of uh this doctrinal cliff that they they're they're flirting with a lot of these progressive ideas because they seem to be you know solution oriented hands and feet type of things but they don't realize the 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 sort of undergrowth that's there this marxist substructure and and i really wrote this to to you know give people a tool to help individuals or to help themselves kind of navigate this from a from a historical christian standpoint of what's really true and what's really false and really who is the true jesus is, is he this woke jesus mm -hmm. this barefoot hippie guy that you know welcomes you know the illegal immigrants and doesn't care about your sexuality or is it this this staunch you know religious zealot figure that maybe some people present or is the biblical Christ somebody else? And I believe that that's really the um, the, the crux of the book is getting to this, this realization of the true Jesus, one who comes in both grace and truth and holds both of those things in his hands. Wow, that's a great uh, 
overview and great description of what woke Jesus is all about. This brand new book by Lucas Miles is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And you really got my attention, Lucas, just now when you were talking about the fact that this isn't a new phenomenon. This isn't something that's been just happening in the last 10, 20, or 30 years, that this the, the roots of wokeism, especially infiltrating the church, it really goes back a couple hundred years. I mean, can you maybe paint a, a picture with a, a a quick threading of you know sure. where we were to where we are? Yeah, obviously we could do a deep dive and 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 spend a lot more time on this. But you know, um, first off, heresy is not a new thing. Heresy right. has existed really since you know we see in the New Testament. We see the Judaizers. Uh, we see you know kind mm -hmm. of later references, although they're not called by name in the New Testament, but this Gnostic ideology that was coming on the scene. Uh, of course, in the early church, we see all sorts of heresies that they had to combat and thinkers like Justin Martyr and Jerome and Origen and, and later Augustine all had to tackle. Um, today, what we're seeing, uh, and, and if I if I back up to kind of the 1700s, there was a movement that that greatly shaped where we are. And it was known as the historical Jesus or the quest for the historical Jesus, basically coming out of the Enlightenment. Um, you know, all of a sudden, all of these myths and fables and superstitions of humanity were being challenged, uh, and and that caused a very critical look at the New Testament specifically. And and it, people began to say, "Look, wait a minute, this almost seems too good to be true." We know Jesus was a real person; he was a historical figure. Right. But this walking on water and this miracles and the feeding of the five thousand, the resurrection from the dead, that all seems a little far fetched. And so there was a quest to try to push past the miraculous elements of the New Testament, because with the birth of the scientific method, and you would, later in the 1800s, you have Darwin, and you know you have kind of this hundred years of sort of scientific, you know, explosion, uh, increase of you know rational thought and reason and and logic in these things, and and the the um, spectacular nature to the Christian gospel seem too good to be true, which of course it is. That's why it's the gospel, um, because it seems almost too good to be true. Indeed. But they got away from the inerrancy of the word. They got away from taking the Bible for, you know, uh, face value. And they began to kind of try to justify these stories, really fabricating them out of nothing, uh, trying to say, well, what if maybe Jesus was just floating on a raft? Maybe Jesus had a group of guys baking bread in a cave, handing it out, and that's how he fed the 5,000. Just nobody saw them. And so this myth kind of rose up. It's all these, you know, kind of elaborate tales that they, the, the, uh, the fabrications are more complex than the actual miracle, you know, to get there. It, it kind of goes with the, usually the simplest answer is usually the one that's true. And, and, but this led to kind of a revisionist history of Christ that is still impactful today. It, it evolved, got more and more academic as it went, but this is really what's behind what's known as critical theology, mm. and and this uh, uh, this push to kind of see Jesus as this great social justice warrior rather than the savior of the world, and uh, it's it's been a, a big detriment to the church. It's led a lot of people astray. That's not the only issue that later gave birth to you know liberation theology and black liberation theology, which led to you know things like setting up a stage for critical race theory and you know the social gospel and all of this. But uh, but all of that combines to really bring us in this this sort of crisis of faith that we find ourselves in today as Americans and as American public, and uh, and ultimately it's invaded the church and and really done a lot of damage. Lucas Miles is my guest today here on the Bottom Line. The book is called Woke Jesus: The False Messiah Destroying Christianity. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You know, Lucas, the the, the one thing that I, I I saw the thread that was kind of weaving through as you took us on that really comprehensive and I appreciate it <laughs> that that kind of 
deep dive, but kind of pithy look at what's happened over the past 300 years in this country, especially as it pertains to Christianity here in the United States and the move leftward or a little more woke. I appreciate the fact that everything that seemed to be, you know, driving this was a quote unquote search for truth and a compassion for people who are less fortunate or being misappropriated, that type of thing. And it's interesting, the pivot shifts just ever so slightly toward the left. And all of a sudden, people just find a little bit more uh, acceptance, if you will, you know, for the the types of things you're talking about. How much of this is personality driven? How much of this is you think is truly demonic? So I think that there are good natured people at times that um, they might be struggling with some doubt about about certain aspects of the word or about mm-hmm. their faith journey. And and they're looking for rational conclusions to be able to come to. Um, and 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 I think there's a lot of times where people, they try to use the church as sort of this halfway house, I call it, of where they yeah. have one foot in in maybe carnality of the world and one foot in spirituality. And that's really what progressive Christianity allows for. You can still keep kind of all of your desires and your your the things that are driving you and the lust of the flesh, because those things can be accepted there. Um, but you also still have the spirituality. We do, you know, we have certain forms and certain, you know, processes of our faith and certain rituals that we follow, you know, that, that still make us feel connected to this higher being. And there's a lot of deception there. I do believe though, that, that, you know, what's really driving the, the, um, the major movement that we're seeing here is demonic. I mean, this is, you know, you, I mean, and it plays over in everything, even what we're seeing right now in Israel, um, you know, where you have people that are literally acting as apologists, for Hamas and their actions, because they're applying this sort of oppressor versus oppressed, you know, right. Marxist kind of theory and substructure there. This is this isn't normal. It's not normal for somebody to see these things and see, you know, brutalities like this and try to defend them. Uh, and so I, it's not normal for people to see all the 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 kind of divergent sexual, you know, expressions that we've seen paraded around in 2023, especially literally. Yeah. And and yeah, literally. And um, uh and 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 try to find ways to justify that, especially and then and then still say that this is Christian. So this is this is a deception. This is a doctrine of demons. You know, at the end of the day, it does have an intellectual component, an academic component that we have to be able to understand. You know, it's easy just to say wokeism bad, Marxism bad, socialism bad. Right. But but I think that's why the church has struggled. You know, the um and I quote at the start of the book, uh, Irenaeus, who's an early church father. He wrote a book called Against Heresies, trying to break down the Gnostic um, uh, deception that was happening in the, in the second century church. And he said the reason why the first century church wasn't able to defeat Gnosticism is because they didn't understand it fully. And right. I present the same thing. The reason why the church has not been able to defeat wokeism is because we didn't understand it. The reason why right. we couldn't defeat Marxism is because we didn't understand it. So I really wanted to put this out as a way to help the church understand these deceptions that exist and then equip them to be able to do something about it and ultimately present the true gospel, which I believe is the only real solution for injustice in the world. Amen. And it actually doesn't just uh, uh, claim to be against injustice. It actually demonstrates that, you know, through the life and testimony and, of course, victory that we have in Christ. Yeah, think about it. I mean, the gospel message is all about justice, and yet we don't think of it in those terms because yeah. it's like, well, I, I certainly I don't need that kind of justice, but this people group does. This is yes. great stuff. Lucas yeah. Miles is with me today here on The Bottom Line. Brand new book is called Woke Jesus, The False Messiah Destroying Christianity. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Lucas Miles is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Always great to have time with Lucas uh, to have a conversation. But of course, if you're watching us on My Hope Now, you see this very handsome man with a great 
book cover behind him. Woke Jesus is the name of his latest book. It's called uh, the subtitle, The False Messiah Destroying Christianity. There's a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Um, in the opening segment, Lucas, we talked about the philosophy behind what's going on here. And I loved what you said in terms of how the way you present this in the opening up in the book by describing the fact that the reason the church didn't, I mean, the, the Gnostic uh, delusion, if you will, of the yep. church in the first and second century, the idea that, you know, you could worship God in spirit, but you know, that, that, that physical part, you know, that's not going to happen. Or the, the Judaizers got to shudder to think how many guys were, you know, going under the knife because they weren't quote unquote Christian enough or Jewish enough for those guys. But that that's, you know, misinterpretation, you know, Paul corrected some of that with his right. epistles, but here we are now, and you've kind of written an epistle, if you will, to the Western church to say, Hey, look, it's here. And there's some things that have been taken out of context or things that are just flat out evil in terms of wokeism, political correctness, et cetera, et cetera. What is a pastor to do when they are faced with some of the challenges that are in the culture right now that are gaining popularity? You know, I appreciate this question because I think that, you know, uh, the, it is important that we understand the history. It's important that we understand the the, the philosophy of these, these false beliefs so that we can actually tackle them. Uh, and help people navigate their way through them. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, really there's a lot of people around this nation and in churches across this country that are looking for a practical solution. And so one of the things that we've done is we've actually launched an initiative of our ministry called uh, AmericanPastorProject.org. So if they go to the website, AmericanPastorProject.org, and Roger, this would actually apply to you too. We define pastor very broadly, um, and anybody that has a Christian radio show, who's a podcaster, who's you know writing Sunday school curriculum, maybe they're a traveling worship leader, they, they serve in kids' church or an elder at a church, anybody touching Christian doctrine in any way, we want to drive them to this, to have them to, to join really with us inside awesome. of this. And so this, it, what it starts with is a commitment at AmericanPastorProject.org where they sign a statement of really adhering to what we would call biblical orthodoxy, essentially a historic view of Christianity. Uh, it, it's in line with the Nicene Creed or Apostles' Creed or something like that. And with that, there's also an agreement to take a stand against wokeism, globalism, socialism, Marxism, you know, all of the LGBT movement, uh, um, you know, all these, you know, false, you know, kind of ideologies that are being presented, you know, critical um, uh, environmental theory and these things, critical climate theory. And, and really, we're trying to have people make a commitment that they are going to keep their pulpits pure from these false beliefs. They're going to take a stand against these things from the stage or from their digital platform or whatever it is that they're operating from. And uh, they're signing the statement. That's where they start. We have monthly conference calls. We're bringing thought leaders to be able to share with them. Uh, we're working on some other partnerships with uh, uh, groups like Liberty University, their Freedom Center, uh, My Good. Faith Votes. We're also in conversation right now with uh, Turning Point Faith, looking for ways that we can team up together. And so, you know, this is it's just really cool to see Christian organizations coming alongside together uh, to really protect the church, to protect the doctrine and, and the ministries right now. And look, we have secondary differences. There are people that from all different denominations that have signed this statement, and there's things that they see differently that are secondary issues. But what's not a secondary issue is the lordship of Jesus. What's not Amen. a secondary issue is what is truth. Is the Bible the word of God? Is God the creator? You know, heaven and hell, the depravity of man, you know, the, the grace of God. None of these things are secondary. These are primary doctrines that the church has held to historically for 2,000 years. We're calling pastors and church leaders and Christian thought leaders around the nation to reaffirm this. We already have about 500 plus signers. Uh, for this statement. So it's been really uh, received very well so far. We're only, we just only launched it here recently in the last few months. So we're expecting to see this really explode. And so we just invite any of your audience to go there. And if you're not a pastor and you're listening, 
what I would say is take this to your pastor. There you go. If you want to know if you're in a woke church or not, take this to your <laughs> pastor and see if they'll put their name next to a statement yeah. uh, that that really you know condemns you know things like abortion and condemns uh, things like the 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 trans movement and all of this, and not in a way that's judgmental and hateful in these things, but in a way that stands upon the Word of God. That look, we can love the sinner and hate the sin simultaneously, and we can teach the full counsel of the Word of God both in grace and truth, and reject this false expression of wokeism that we see today. Well, I'll make sure I sign this up as soon as we finish our conversation here for sure, Lucas. Uh, Lucas Miles, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Woke Jesus, The False Messiah Destroying Christianity. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. When it gets right down to it, Lucas, it really is about proper delineation between law and gospel, as my Lutheran friends would say. It's about understanding the gospel. And I think what you may have uncovered, too, I mean, not to say this is just a, they are the problem and those woke people are, are really a problem. It really does speak to the biblical illiteracy that we see in the church about people who don't fully understand what the gospel is and how to live it out. Talk about how this this project of yours, I mean, from the Christian left to now the new book, Woke Jesus, really is kind of a wake-up call for us in the church to say, hey, pastors, let's make sure we're preaching this and that we yeah. really are making disciples here. Talk about that. So, you know, this this is uh, maybe going to be a roundabout way of answering your question, Roger, but there's something there's a uh, uh, something I've been thinking about a lot. I, I call it the crisis at the border, but what I mean is the crisis at the border of our churches, mm. because what's happening is there is an influx of spiritual refugees who are leaving woke ministries and they're coming into the church. Now, mm -hmm. the interesting thing is they were at these other churches that were already progressive in nature. They didn't wake up and turn progressive overnight in most cases. Right. Right. They were already progressive leaning, but eventually they got to a point where they crossed some sort of moral line or spiritual line for these attendees. And so they have left those places looking for people that still teach the word of God. But the thing that I think that pastors have to really recognize in this is that not everybody crossing the border of your church, although we can welcome them with open arms in this way as spiritual refugees looking for a home, uh, we have to make sure that we take time to really assimilate them to the gospel. Because what's interesting is for you or I, who are going to hold to a historic view of Christianity, we wouldn't have been in that church to start with, or we would have left it right. a long time ago. Right. Um, but it had to get so bad. For that person to leave, which means that their Christian worldview is is slanted already. And so there's some work to do for pastors in this country. I would mm -hmm. encourage pastors, you know, like there's this temptation that, oh, I've already taught that before. No, you need to teach it again. You have to go back. You have to start laying foundational discipleship kind of material for your people, yes. starting at what does it mean to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, um, and and really go through that whole process of baptism and evangelism and and importance of staying in the Word and what is you know what is uh, uh, tithing and offering, what is you know being indwelled by the Holy Spirit mean, what is you know all of these things, so that we can not make sure that we that we take the time necessary because these are great people that are coming into our churches that have woken up a little bit but we have to help kind of reinforce that uh, um that that you know those those maybe uh, knowledge gaps that they might have or or bent perspectives that could be out there by the time that they spent in in these progressive churches before they realized that they were actually a progressive church that they were attending if that makes sense Yes, it absolutely does. And I love the way you talk about that knowledge gap, you know, because I think the tendency in the fight or flight world of social media is I'm right, you're wrong. So therefore I have to prove you wrong and prove me right. And when someone comes in outside that that purview of what we recognize as biblical Christianity, we have to resist the temptation yeah. to, to point out all the wrong things about them and say, okay, wait a minute. I see now you have a knowledge gap. I, with the prayer I find myself praying more often than not is Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them 
but they do because there are just so many people who've been led astray with just enough truth, way too much grace. And then, oh, why are you being so mad at everyone? Yeah. Um, Lucas Miles, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, Woke Jesus, great title, great book, The False Messiah Destroying Christianity. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Lucas, 60 seconds left in our time together. Uh, what's your hope for not only this project, but where you're seeing, I mean, uh, it sounds like you're seeing some positive results with what you've been teaching. We are, Roger, things have been incredible, honestly. It's, you know, we're really in a stage right now where we are, we're building a team of people uh, to really take this out on a major national level. And so you know, if there's listeners out there that that you're inspired by the things you've heard me say, um, you know, we're looking to build a team. And so, um, you know, we have, there's opportunities for remote, there's opportunities for, uh, you know, pastors at different state levels to come on board and kind of help us build some coalitions. Uh, we're also hiring. And so, you know, I'm just going to say that, like, look, if there's somebody out there that this is, you know, uh, you are ready to make that step, you know, we want to connect with you, whether it's local churches that want to partner, whatever it is, uh, look, it's going to take all of us working together to see this thing change and this and really to save the country and to save the church in America. And uh, I think that it's it's one of the most important, you know, fights of our generation, if not the most important fight of our generation, is to really, you know, protect the gospel here in America. It's not that God needs our help to defend him. Right. But, you know, look, we've seen nations that have fallen by the wayside in the past with Christianity, and we see beautiful churches in Europe that are empty on the inside where the gospel once was preached. And I don't want to see that happen here. Amen. And neither do I, and neither do our listeners, that's for sure. Lucas Miles, the book Woke Jesus, The False Messiah Destroying American Christianity. We've got that linked up at thebottomlineshow.com, along with the AmericanPastorProject.org. We've got that link up there. You can read that letter and you can sign on as well. Lucas, I love the work that you're doing, brother. Thank you so much for staying true to that cause, and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you.